Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, November 6th, 2018, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. We'll be in Arkansas for the next two Tuesdays, so our next broadcast after tonight will be on November 27th. Our featured guest this evening is Jacqueline Smith, who communicates telepathically with animals and star beings, as well as angels and beings of light since childhood. She is psychic, an interdimensional traveler, light language linguist, internationally known animal and star being communicator and certified hypnosis practitioner. She does consults with people globally and has for over 35 years. Jacqueline experienced encounters with ETs on starships as a child and teen and has contact with various races ongoing. She can hear, see, and feel ETs and other beings. While in the womb, star beings injected her with a DNA cocktail mix from seven races, which makes her a hybrid. This genetically enhanced Jacqueline with various talents and skills. She receives symbols and messages from the star beings, and she also speaks various light languages of star beings. She's been speaking that light language since she was 18 years old. And Jacqueline offers private consultations as well as animal and star being communications, uh, psychic and light language linguist. She teaches workshops on ET and animal communication and also assists those who have had contact with ETs. She's the author of Star Origins and Wisdom of Animals and also Animal Communication. And she has MP3s on communication with star beings, which allows people to communicate with ETs, as well as one for animal communication. She has a comprehensive e-course on communications with star beings and apprenticeship programs. You can enjoy her free light language activations on her website, which is JacquelineSmith.com. And Jacqueline is spelled J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N Smith.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And right after the news, we'll have a quick visit from Ann Crawford, who was on our show last June, uh, because she's got an important update for our listeners. And then we'll bring Jacqueline and Lavendar on. So we'd like to thank Kathy, Jada, and Fiona for hosting the Switchboard tonight, for those who may have a question or comment for our guest. And we have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other star seeds, thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk Radio. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here and you'll get our weekly show notices. The toll free number for starseedhotline.com is 888 881 0881. 
The Stage 1 starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. And if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when it happens by requesting your solar return timing. And if you want an interpretation of that chart, please order uh, about three months ahead of time because we do have a waiting list. So first up this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her fascinating Starseed News. Hey, Anastasia. Hi there, everybody. Great to be with you. Hi, Arielle. Hello. A lot going on. This is election night, as everybody well knows. Americans are on their way to the polls. Trump's ads were pulled, however. Trump ran some ads, advertisements, political ads, that linked police murders to migrants, which caused outrage among various uh, communities. Several networks got so much opposition to these ads that they had to pull them. And uh, as of last night, Trump's ratings were slipping. See what happens tonight with the parties and who gets elected where. And there is a mud geyser. It's threatening some infrastructure in California. Uh, California is feeling like it's losing a battle. It's trying to stop a creeping mud geyser that's threatening local infrastructure near the town of Nyland in Imperial County. The movement of this mass, gloopy soil could be likened to a creature from one of those old 1950s horror B-movies because it's seeping and sliding towards civilization. They tell us that mud pots are a natural occurrence that usually take place when a hot, acidic spring dissolves rock and soil. Often the pools of muck and water can be seen bubbling due to underground geothermal heat. The Nyland Geyser, as it's called, naming it after the nearby town, has prompted local authorities to declare an emergency after it slid toward Union Pacific Railroad tracks and buried nearby utilities. It's huge, guys. Transport officials have more recently tried to build go-arounds, trying to bypass the moving mud lake, but so far it keeps right on seeping. They're wondering what they're going to do when it starts to cover the incoming highway. No other information on that, just pretty interesting. And we've had sounds in the skies. Strange sounds are back. It's been a while. There were trumpeting sounds heard in the skies over San Diego. Strange sounds in the sky were heard in Western Island. Witnesses described those sounds as the sound of metal bending and warping. And strange noises heard in the Netherlands all this past week. Sounds of grinding and moving in the sky. And California is struck by 39 earthquakes in 24 hours. They say that it's due to movement along the San Andreas Fault. This occurred on Friday when a report came out about a series of 39 moderate earthquakes that rattled California during that 24-hour period, and scientists are telling everyone that the shaking was the result of movement along the whole San Andreas Fault system. The largest quake measured 4.1, rumbled through the Hollister and Salinas Valley areas on Friday morning. In recent months, as you all know from listening to this show, there has been an impressive amount of seismic activity all along the Ring of Fire. California quakes just adding to the list. And in Russia, Volcano Abiko on the Kuril Islands is spewing ash. 
Uh, it spewed out a column of ash about 2.8 miles high, and uh, that's all we know about that. But it is roaring to, uh, we should say it's waking up. It's starting to be active. And speaking of the ring of fire, volcanoes and such, there was a 6.2 magnitude quake that shook the Philippines. 379,000 people are estimated to have felt weak tremors from that. It was a 6.0 quake. And in northern Chile, we also had another 6.2 quake, according to the USGS. That happened last Thursday. There were no reports about casualties or damages, which is good. They say the tremors provo- uh, provoked the mass exodus of people from the beaches because um, they were worried, but no tsunami warning was issued with that quake. Here is a really bizarre, weird, I mean weird story out of Italy. You ought to see the pictures. There were more than 30 people killed and 14 million trees that were destroyed as extreme storms moved in and devastated parts of Italy. They're calling it one of the most complex meteorological situations of the past 60 years. What happened? Well, heavy rain and gale force winds devastated parts of Italy. They laid, it laid waste to vast swaths of forest. Many of these victims, 30 people, have been killed by falling trees. 14 million trees laid waste. About 60 miles north of Venice in the Alps, pine trees and red spruces were snapped wholesale like matchsticks. And the surface of a dam farther north near the Austrian border was covered with the trunks of trees that have fallen into the river. The photographs show these large, enormous pools of water, lakes, completely clogged with tree trunks. And they're telling uh, the public they're going to need at least 100 years to get things back to normal. A hundred years before that Uh. part of the world looks like it did the day before this happened. Fourteen million trees. Oh. That's weird. It's just weird. Well, here's some good news. The United Nations tells us that the Earth's ozone layer is healing. No, not getting worse. It's healing. They say that it's finally healing from damage caused by aerosol sprays and coolants, according to the new United Nations report. Now, starting in the 1970s, the ozone layer was discovered to be thinning. Scientists raised the alarm. They got rid of various products, aerosol products and such as that, um, antifreeze, um, coolants for cars, things like that. They changed it all. Everybody griped because their air conditioners didn't get as cold. But in any event, these chemicals that they felt were causing the ozone thinning were phased out worldwide. And as a result of that, they tell us now that the upper ozone layer above the northern hemisphere should be completely repaired in the 2030s, and the gaping Antarctic ozone hole should disappear in the 2060s. This is according to a scientific assessment that they released yesterday at a conference in Ecuador. They tell us that the southern hemisphere lags a bit and its ozone layer will take to mid-century in order to get healed. They tell us it's really, really good news. They say if ozone-depleting substances had continued to increase back in the 1970s, we would have seen huge effects. But through changing protocols, 
we stop that. So that's great. Good news from the environment. We need that. Well, you all ever go out to get a driver's license or maybe, you know, see a doctor for the first time or maybe get your cable hooked up or goodness knows what. Everybody wants your driver's license and, of course, they want your Social Security number. Have you ever wondered whatever happens to some of your information? Have you ever wondered if somebody at the DMV that takes your info and your picture and all that so you can get a driver's license to enable you to drive that maybe that information might not be safe? And, you know, the Department of Motor Vehicles has a reputation for long lines. You go in to get your license and you wait forever. But they say that it goes it's far worse than that. There has been a federal investigation, and now federal authorities are targeting Department of Motor Vehicle workers caught issuing phony driver's licenses. And furthermore, DMV employees are also facing charges of using computers to crack into citizens' confidential information and that clerks have taken bribes to alter driver's license test results. Several criminal cases have been filed against the Department of Motor Vehicles, causing another federal investigation into the department. Federal officials said the work of undercover agents has widened the investigation to include investigators from the Department of Homeland Security. This came from a Reading newspaper, I mean, excuse me, a California newspaper, I beg your pardon, and according to the Sacramento Bee, the cases began showing up several years ago, but noticeably increased last year. And since then, prosecutors have filed at least another 20 cases. Drivers' uh, license identities being stolen by DMV workers. <laughs> oh, just give us your information. It's safe. We'll keep it safe. Well, there is an epidemic, dreadful, dreadful problem, tragic problem in San Francisco with homelessness. San Francisco, decades ago, was a pretty nice place. It's a place a lot of people wanted to move. It was well known for its beauty and its ambiance, its atmosphere. People loved the Bay Area. Even wrote a song about leaving your heart in San Francisco. <laughs> but now, um, the Bay Area is having a tremendous difficulty with um, with homelessness, and they say now that the Streets of San Francisco are worse than Calcutta, India, because of the filth and the waste in the streets, in the nicest parts of town, tent cities, tent uh, uh, groups everywhere throughout the city. And high above these tent cities, in the high-rises above, are the, the tech companies. You know, Google and all of that. Uh, and they live in utter wealth, uh, abundance. They have the best of everything. The best of everything. And so we call those people sometimes the tech elites. They live like kings and they live high in these buildings overlooking squalor. And that's not just San Francisco. It's all throughout Silicon Valley and the other cities as well. And this story comes out of New York. And uh, the tech elite are apparently demonstrating some type of social consciousness suddenly. 
Google employees staged a global walkout last Thursday to protest the company's treatment of women, and they made themselves the most visible example of a surprising trend. High-paid engineers emerging from their comfortable luxury bubbles beginning to speak out. For much of the past two years, elite technology employees have been stirring and in some cases organizing, first in internal workplace meetings and messaging boards, and then in signed protest letters, and ultimately in company walkouts such as Thursday's street demonstrations. Here are some of the social issues they've been championing. championing. Better handling of workplace sexual harassment and discrimination opposition to the Trump administration's travel ban, and avoiding harmful uses of the products they're helping to build and sell. They are really worried about that. Um, Someone said, for tech workers, I think the dreams about what it means to work in Silicon Valley, to disrupt, to innovate, to connect people and make the world a better place, have crashed up against a much bleaker reality. Worker unrest helped scuttle Google's Maven project to help the U.S. military scan battlefields using drones and artificial intelligence. The IT workers didn't like that. They thought it was a misuse of technology. Workers have also protested Google's plans to launch a censored search engine in China, and they worked by Amazon and Microsoft to assist police agencies and federal immigration agents with facial recognition and other tools. So, this is an example of people who are seeing injustices. They have it very well, very nice, and they're stepping out with a social conscience. I congratulate them. I think that's a wonderful story. It's a good sign. Absolutely. Good for them. I mean, they're on, yeah, they're on the firing lines, Ariel, and um, that's just great. And a lot of these are quite young people. You know, they're Many of them might even be starseed, probably are. And uh, they're stepping out against the things that they see are improper. All right. Well, this is an important story about net neutrality. It comes out of Washington. The Supreme Court has ended the court fight over repealed Obama-era net neutrality rules that required Internet providers to treat all online traffic equally. The court on Monday rejected appeals from the telecommunications industry seeking to throw out a lower court ruling in favor of the net neutrality rules. They didn't want it. The Federal Communications Commission under President Donald Trump has rolled back the rules, and the industry also wanted to wipe the court ruling off the books. In other words, they wanted to make Trump's ruling congruent with the the, uh, Supreme Court ruling. Didn't work. Conservative justices uh, Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, and Clarence Thomas would have granted the industry's request. Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Brett Kavanaugh took no part in the case without offering a reason. Kavanaugh ruled on the issue while an appeals court judge And Roberts has an investment portfolio that includes telecommunications companies. Okay. Ever found a bunch of spiders in your house? Or bugs of any (laughs) kind? 
what do you usually do? You go for the can of Raid, or maybe you do what I do. You go get some diatomaceous earth. It doesn't hurt you. Whatever. Get a broom. Whatever. Would you ever think about using a blowtorch? <laughs> Authorities tell us that a man set a California house on fire while using a blowtorch to kill spiders. Twenty-nine firefighters were called to a Fresno housing development last week to put out a two-alarm blaze. And they say that a man was house-sitting for his parents when he tried to kill black widow spiders with a blowtorch. Now, he got out safely, but the house attic and the second story were badly damaged. And although the exact cause of the blaze is still under investigation, firefighters naturally believe the blowtorch was to blame. And there's no word on what happened to the spiders. Fresno firefighters uh, thought they better get out there, and they tweeted, quote, please don't use a blowtorch to kill spiders, end quote. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's right up there with don't play with this plastic bag. This bag is not a toy, okay? Yeah. Stating the obvious, don't drop this hair dryer in the bathtub. Please don't use a blowtorch to kill spiders. Yeah. Wow. Um. I wish you guys could see a picture of this. Sometimes I wish I had like a slideshow and I could put it up there and you all could see it. Or do some mental telepathy transfer and so you can see the picture in my head. <laughs> Have you ever thought about what a baby octopus might look like? I mean, actually, it's adorable. It's tiny, teeny, itsy, bitsy, witty. Well, Hawaiian scientists found two baby, tiny baby optic octopuses floating on plastic trash that they were cleaning up while they were monitoring the coral reefs. Um, a marine ecologist and uh, some one other person found these octopuses and said that they were the size of little tiny green peas. Oh. And there's a photograph on the Internet, the baby octopus at the tip of her finger. I don't know how they ever saw them. They're itty-bitty, little tiny arms, little tiny eyes, just like a human baby is in miniature which is amazing how, you know, little tiny fingernails, little teeny tiny baby octopus the size of a pea. Um, They think that they might be day octopus or night octopus because uh, both species are found off Hawaii. They eventually grow to 12 pounds as adults, and they have arm spans of three feet. But they start out the size of a pea. That's a lot of growth. Go from the size of a pea to 12 pounds with arm spans of three feet is quite a bit of growth. But you might want to Google that if you're interested in marine animals. That is such a cute thing. They're really adorable. And how they ever found those little things floating on pieces of plastic is amazing to me. So the octopuses, or is it octopi? I don't know. Octopi. <laughs> anyway, they were rescued, and I think that's wonderful. They're going to put them in a safe place and raise them and then set them loose. Well, here's an adorable story. Uh, This happened in October, by the way, but I hadn't reported it to you before, so I'm sharing it with you tonight. Um, The San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department uh, had an issue. They had a loose pig on the run out in the streets, a pig, a pig the size of a mini horse. It was big, a big pig, like a hog, big. pig was out running around the neighborhood when the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Office got the call. And what are they going to do? <laughs> How do you get a pig off the street? And if you ever worked with pigs, pigs can be, well, they're not like dogs, okay? They don't come when you call them. <laughs> so one of the deputies had her lunch sack along, and she had some Doritos in there. 
She had to do Ritos with her sandwich. And so one of the other officers took out his camera, and they took a video of this woman who began to leave a trail of Doritos along the asphalt road. And the pig, snorting and grumbling, followed along, eating chips as he went. Now, they had previously had calls about this pig, which is strange that... I guess the pig gets out periodically, okay? Anyway, they knew where it lived. They knew where it lived. And so this young woman officer, walking backwards down the streets in San Bernardino County, dropped her Dorito chips, and the pig followed along, snorting and happy, gobbling up the chips as they went, and led him right back to his pen, where they fastened the gate. So, rogue pig, on the loose, (laughs) was led home with a bag of nacho, well, I don't know if it was nacho cheese or Cool Ranch. They didn't specify, but <laughs> the pig liked them, whatever they were, and there that that says it all. I don't know what that says about those of us who like to eat Doritos chips, but anyway, <laughs> the pigs sure like them, and that's it for tonight's news. From my heart to each one of you, I want to give you much love. Walk in beauty, everyone, and have a beautiful week. And thank you, Ariel. Oh, thank you so much, Anastasia. And and remember, we'll be, we'll be back on the twenty seventh after I tonight. I did note that. I did that, and I noted okay. that. Many blessings to all of you on your trip too. It's going to be good to get together. Yeah, all the rest of us will be crying because we're not going. But um, well, you guys will have there's a always another chance. <laughs> there is all. That's the best part of it. This is not an opportunity yeah. that dries up. So no, we're those stars that want to go and yeah. couldn't. Do it next time. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Okay. All right. Much love to all of you. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks, Anastasia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So um, before we bring um, Jacqueline and Lavendar online here, we have um, a quick message here from Ann Crawford, who was our guest um, in, in June this past spring. And she has um, an announcement for us. So, hey, Anne, you're on the air. Hey, how are you? Good, good. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. And so, I just um, want to have. Go I ahead. You have something new that you have something new that you wanted to talk about. I do. I have a new book out. It's called Fresh Off the Starship. <laughs> and yes, oh it's a comedy. And yes, it's perfect for our Starseed family. And the launch day is Monday, this coming Monday, the 12th, but it's up on Amazon now in both Kindle and paperback in pre-order status. So if you pre-order it, it'll count as a sale on launch day, which is a wonderful thing for a new book to have. So it's available now. It's really fun. It's a comedy. It's based on us, all of us, and what we do, and what we laugh about, and what we see, and it's just a lot of fun. Oh, excellent, excellent. Lavender, I opened up your microphone because I thought you might want to um, make a comment here. So, are you there? Okay, so, Anne, tell us what the story's about. Well, it's about a light worker from Andromeda who sent who's supposed to be sent to Washington, D.C. to actually work directly with Trump and the Trump family, but that person ends up living. In 
you know, in our world, we call it a walk-in. In the book, I call her a star being. Um, but that person ends up living, so she accidentally gets diverted to Kansas, where she forgets everything she was trained and has to come to – she arrives in a fully human – a fully adult human body trying to figure it out as she goes along, and it's just fun and funny and silly and – real and spiritual and everything. Oh, that's great. Well, I've been reading on it, and it's really a fun a fun book. So I'm hoping that our audience will um, order it. Go, Tell us again the name of it and how they can order it. It's Fresh Off the Starship, which, you know, is of course is a playoff, Fresh Off the Boat. Um, Fresh Off the Starship on Amazon in both Kindle and paperback, and as I mentioned before, it's in pre-order status now. So if you order it now, you'll get it on the 12th, which is launch day. But you can get it now, order it now, yeah. So that's a great thing to have just before Pleiadian lineup. Absolutely. <laughs> and well, I'll be great. with so, you on the so next one, finally. <laughs> just had another book in June. Did you write this since June? I did. I did. I actually was driving across Kansas in June, and I started speaking the book into my phone the way I start a book sometimes, and it just came right down and out and through my fingers over the next couple months. It was just a complete download, really quick, really fun. I have to say this was the most fun book I've written. This is my sixth. And to write as, you know, all these ex- all these human experiences, to write them as if it was for the very first time, like simple things like taking a shower or a kiss or just ha- putting myself into that position of doing this for the very first time and what a miracle everything is. How about when she started watching television and seeing commercials? I bet that was a kick. Oh, yeah. She also <laughs> felt like she was being sucked into the TV. And and she has this great um, perception of Trump, watching his thoughts and like like it's a drowning person trying to go after a broken buoy. I mean, she has a lot of great descriptions for what he's like. So why did you pick Kansas for her to be in? Well, I lived in Kansas for three years. My husband's a Kansas farm boy himself. <laughs> so and and I so I know people there, and I know that culture, and I know how they talk, and some of the fun Kansasisms they have, and things like that. And like you don't put things away; you put them up. You don't have just a couple; you always have a couple three of whatever. <laughs> Just fun Kansas stuff. <laughs> well, that's that's really something that uh, I think everybody should should uh, take note of is is where we are now with our starseed information, and I bet this is going to be a great movie. As I'm reading it, I can tell that it could be a great movie. Well, thank you. You always say that for every book, and from that way, I, from your mouth to the goddess's ear, that's what I say. <laughs> You write in pictures, and that's the when you write in pictures, then it needs to be picture form. Right, right. I love them to be movies. Ah. Absolutely love them, and I do write them. I see the movies in my head as I'm writing them. Ah, good. 
Well, I certainly hope a lot of our listeners uh, go ahead and and pre-order your book. So uh, anytime you want to come back and talk to us about anything that you're doing, you're always welcome, okay? Well, thank you so much. You all are the best. I absolutely adore you. Thank you. Well, you might want to listen to this show tonight because it's going to be a good one. Okay, I'll be here. I'll be here. Thank you. Hang out. Okay, uh, bye-bye. Thank you so much for calling in. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, so Jacqueline, it's your turn. (laughs) All right, your mic is open, sweetie. Welcome to the show, Jacqueline. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Lavender is going to kick it off and um, take it away, Lavender. Yes, I'm so happy that you've agreed to be on our show. I contacted you, what, about a year ago, but we never could, you know, um, get you on the show. And after talking to Barbara Lamb, uh, you've worked with Barbara, haven't you? Oh, yes, yes, definitely. She introduced a, a book. What was the name of her book? I forgot the name of her book. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's how I, I found you is, is in her book. And I, I don't have have it in front of me, but I really uh, admire oh, you. Oh, meet, pres- hi- meet the Hybrids. Yeah, Meet the Hybrids, that's right. Yeah, Miguel Mendonca and Barbara Lamb wrote that book and did an amazing job. Yes, <laughs> yes. And she really, you know, stuck her neck out really big for all of us to, to uh, bring that information forward. So I really always want to support Barbara and, and you and anyone else that's that's brave enough to step up and say I'm a hybrid. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about how you were created. Tell us a little bit about your early life as a child and just bring us up to date to where you are now. Okay. Well, when my mother was pregnant, um, she was taken aboard a ship and there were star beings on the ship who injected me while, you know, while I was still in the womb with what we could say um, was a DNA cocktail of seven um, different DNA codes from, from different races, from seven different races. And so I kind of call myself a blended soul. Um, and and um, that, that's kind of what makes me a hybrid is that I have this mix that, that there was um, enhancement of my talents and abilities. So, so that's kind of where things started. And well, let me ask you, did... When when this happened, was was an Earth father uh, anywhere around? Was he a participant, or did this all happen uh, from ET land? Okay, um, there it was my mother and my father, and and the star beings. Okay, okay, yes, yeah. So, what are the seven uh, races in your DNA? The seven races are um, the tall white Zetas, and actually um, I I refer to them as my um, star parents or my star guardians, and they were actually the ones who injected um, me with that cocktail. And they're also um, the Arcturian Arcturian Zeta, and there's a dolphin-like being, uh, whose DNA they injected as well as 
a combination of celestial and mantis. I have a lot of mantis in me, um, an amphibian-like being, and also one called Quabar, which is my star, um, I call it my star origin, my very first expression as a soul being after my soul sparked off from the creator. So, and that um, that's a collective consciousness, and they're from the seventh, they call it the seventh universe, um, outward from Earth. So that's my um, basic combination of, of uh, the DNA. So what are some of your childhood experiences that you have that you could share with our audience? Oh, gosh. Well, um, throughout my childhood, the star beings were around me. I mean, even when I was in the crib, they were around me making sure that I was okay and that I was adjusting to Earth okay. Um, and and also, um, as, as a child, I spent a great deal of time um, on the starship at night. So we could kind of say I was in night classes and was learning all kinds of things, uh, levitating objects and also, you know, moving objects across the room. They were teaching me how to uh, shape energy and materialize that. And also I learned a great deal about um, symbols on on the ship when I was a little girl. Um, I was on the ship starting around three or four years old and spent a great deal of time there. And I loved sticking my fingers in and the symbols um, on the wall. Of course, the ship really does not have a wall. It's It's a holographic, we would call it, I guess, a holographic um, structure. And these symbols would come uh, come off the wall, and and I would put my fingers in them. I could feel them, the energy. I could feel them dancing. And so the symbols um, started teaching me many things multidimensionally. Uh, there were many crystals on the ship that also taught me uh, all about them, about energy, about telepathic communication. So I developed a, a lot of my intuitive psychic skills uh, were developed developed very early on when when I was on that ship as um, a really little girl, and I loved running around the ship and up and down the hallways and and. Um, my star my star guardians were very loving they loved me um unconditionally and i never wanted to come come back to earth i never wanted to go home and sometimes i used to cry and please don't send me back um but they explained to me i i had a mission to do and that i had agreed to live on earth and and um be a hybrid to be a bridge um to 
to talk from the human perspective, but from the star being perspective as well. And um, I had a really phenomenal experience at age 14 where I was um, in, in near my backyard and broad daylight, blue sky, no clouds, a um, a silver disc, like just zoomed down, was stationary in the sky, no sound, and it it hovered in the sky. At least it seemed like to me for two or three minutes, and it it made signs in the sky like a cross. I watched it do ninety degree angles. Um, I did have a friend with me, and she and I saw it. Um, our parents were busy talking, and um, my feeling was they they were not able to see see the ship because she and I were standing there, like you know, looking at this. And so they did take me aboard the ship and uh, were starting to prepare me. Uh, for the hybridization program to have hybrid children at age 14. So it, it was an amazing, amazing experience. And uh, after they dropped me off, the the silver disc just shot up, uh, spun up so quickly. Uh, it was just on, you know, you can't even describe it. It was so unbelievable. And... Um, it was just gone, and what was really funny was a couple weeks before the ship appeared, I was sitting on my bed, and I was really angry at my parents about something, and I said, I want a UFO to come and get me and get me the hell out of this world. (laughs) And within that two weeks, the ship showed up. Um, And so I think they also heard me and were watching over me anyway, but but so I I think um, that was quite an experience, and the human part of me was like, wow, the ship really showed up, and you know, do I really want to go with them or <laughs> or what? So so um, I've had experience. So what often. happened after that? After it showed up, did you did you go with them several times, or were you more um balanced with the knowledge that you were connected to them? Yes, after that I realized um that that I was connected to them and that this was, you know, a totally real thing. A number of my realizations have come throughout my life. It's been a journey. And um, you know, at a very early age and well, in high school I was I was in the UFO club, I mean, <laughs> and this was a while ago, and I was just intensely interested in, you know, in, in UFOs and, you know, where we came from and star beings and and all of that. So it's it's really been a life journey uncovering and connecting and putting all the pieces together. Um, but, yes, I was on the ship a number of times, with, um, you know, with the hybrid. With, Did they uh, let with you remember your your trips? They don't sometimes let me remember anything because, of course, I 
created such a shit storm one time. <laughs> That's why they gave me my shots and brought me back so I couldn't remember. So did they give you your shots at certain times for you not to remember what just happened? Um, actually, what they did was um, sometimes they would uh, do an implant to block the memory, and then at one point they they started taking the implants out, and um, that unblocked the memory. So that's how they did it. Okay. So did you ever meet some kids when you were young, and then later did you see them growing up and seeing, still seeing them on the ship? Like, yes. Were you in class with with a group that was similar to your age, and as you as you grew in wisdom, did you find them later in your life? Well, as as a child, there was a, a young boy who lived a couple doors down the street, and he and he was on the ship um, as a young child. I mean, with me, and we were very close. And um, yeah, he and I hung out together. And there were some, you know, most of the children were around my age. And another person who I know now was on the ship as well, who um, I met a few years ago or so. And I've also met a few others. So so, and so I'm still connected to um, one or two of those, those You people. know, some of the information that I've received was that um, growing up, they connect us with different people aboard ship, but then after 2012, it kind of released the amnesia from us so that we could start finding people that we lived, loved, and died with from other lifetimes. That's what I yeah. found happening after 2012. Yeah, I, I think I think that's that's true. So, so, um, but so it's yeah, it's um, I love being on the ship. I with my Again, my star parents, who were tall white um, Zetas, um, they were like about five foot six. They were this beautiful, shimmering, shimmering light, almost like crystalline light. And at one point, they dropped those bodies, and I could see their essences as this beautiful neon blue light. And um, I dropped out of my body, and we all merged. And it it truly was an amazing, you know, just a very, uh, gosh, total bliss, heaven, <laughs> however you want to say that. Um, and so they gave me this really in, a deeper experience of unconditional love. And it, it was just amazing. You know, it's it's not like what we experience here on Earth, of course. Yeah. And so that's what I love being on the ships. There's no time, you know, there's, it, it's a total, totally different kind of environment where I experienced only love. There were other beings on the ship. There were mantis beings. There were Arcturians. Um, there were Zetas. There were a number of different beings who I I knew on the ship, and there was one um, Arcturian Zeta who was kind of like my nanny or playmate, and 
and we actually used to play together. We used to play hide and seek and some other other games. Um, and actually, I was teaching them some nursery rhymes and and some games, and they were very interested in that because you know they're as interested in learn um, in learning from us as we are from them, and they're very interested in human emotion and how we are and. So that was um, a really incredible experience, and that that being who has light blue skin actually showed up in 2013 when I had two weeks of being off and on ships. I call it my Thanksgiving experience because it happened on Thanksgiving, um, and actually materialized um, when I was in the backyard. Um, looking at starships, and he started jumping out from behind a tree and then would go back behind the tree. He was very shy. And so that was um, an incredible gift to me to be able to see him again like that. Um, it was quite amazing. So the, the mothership that you go aboard, uh, is it a Pleiadian ship, a Syrian ship, an Arcturian ship? Or, or is it like the universal ship? It's like the universal ship. Yeah. Yeah, there were all, all kinds of, you know, different uh, beings on there, which, which was an incredible, incredible experience. Incredible so you said experience. that um, you two have had hybrid babies. When did they start? When you were 14, did you say? Um, they started preparing me at 14, and... Um, I actually have over 40 hybrid children, and so what they explained to me, you know, they're continuing to evolve in their technology as to how they do this. So actually in 2013, during those Thanksgiving experiences, they um, explained to me, um, and they've been doing this for a little while, but they just took a strand of my hair and said, okay, we are now going to create, um, they said, three hybrid babies from this strand of hair. And I said, okay. You know, I said, that that's fine with me. I'm, you know, um, and, and so I could actually see them, um, like, in my energetic field. And at one point I said, okay, you, you guys need to take them now you know, because I was getting kind of attached to them. And so so then they took them. And So, so let me get I, this straight. So uh, when you would ovulate your eggs, would they come and take your eggs and then, and then take a strand of your hair? I mean, I don't understand how they did this. Well, all they had to do now is take a strand of hair. They don't have to have eggs. Oh, they don't have to have eggs. The DNA is in the hair. Huh. And I didn't know so, about that. And, and I think different races are at different stages, you yeah. know, of of how they do that. And when I was younger, yes, they took eggs. Um, and so, yeah, so they took eggs, and then um, later they evolved, you know, they had better techniques, we could say. They, they developed their techniques 
So, so I said, yeah, you take a strand of hair. <laughs> and okay. So, so uh, that's an easy way to do that. <laughs> so, how hard was it for you to come back to 3D and? And who could you talk to about the things that were happening to you, or did you have to keep this to yourself? Um, are you talking about through my life? I I didn't talk to anybody. And um, I pretty much kept a lot to myself for a number of years. And And I also had memories that were continuing to open through the years. So... So, like I said, it's been a journey of opening and remembering. And and finally, during Thanksgiving in 2013, it kind of put all the pieces of my life together and in, in a really big way. But I, you know, I, I have had tons of experiences of being in my bedroom and um, where the Zetas would, would come in and I could feel them in my bedroom. Um, one time they levitated me off the bed. I was about three feet off the bed in midair, freaking out at that point. <laughs> and they said, you know, um, it, it's okay. We're just going to take you to the ship because we need to make some adjustments with your coding. And, um, you know, as we continue to upgrade you um we need to do some tweaks and that and they said um you know we're we're going to take you but it was i got kind of this is a number of years ago um because i'm pretty used to them and and um but there was a time when i was in fear so so they they took me i was just gone you know um went into paralysis and was gone, and they came back the next night too. <laughs> and um, so, I um, the second night I was more relaxed and more comfortable. There's, you know, they kind of put it in a simple way. They said, um, you know, if if a parent has a child and the child needs to be taken to the hospital, and the child doesn't want to go to the hospital, what do, what would a parent do? And I, you know, of course, the parent would take the child to the hospital. So they were like using these analogies to try and help me feel more comfortable, you know, not harming me. Um, so, um, so I've had a number of those experiences, and I see them being a clairvoyant. I see them; um, they're around my house all the time. The mantis beings come. Often, they give me a lot of transmissions for the symbols, the multidimensional symbols that I draw on the paper, and those symbols are multidimensional in nature. They're not just drawings on paper. And and so they will come, and I'm just kind of um, transmit that on the paper then, and, and um, use those for healing for people or or whatever in all kinds of ways in combination with light language and um, whatever feels right at the time. So let me ask you, uh, have you been cloned? Did they clone you to where there's another another um, uh, a being just like you? No. 
No, I'm surprised that they haven't done that. Mm-hmm. No, because that's kind of common well. for for those that that I have run into that ha- that are doing mm-hmm. the kind of work you're doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, mm-hmm. though, I find that they don't tell tell people that they have a clone, and they just switch them out and never tell them. So there's two programs that's going on like that that I've been privy mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as I know, I do. I do not. I have not been cloned, but who knows? You know. <laughs> <laughs> they do some my- mysterious things. That's for sure. Yeah. So tell oh, us yeah. more about your um, ability to speak light language. Well, how did that come about? Did it come about about in symbols, or did you just wake up one day and know how to do it, or? Well, um, actually, okay, so I didn't remember this for a while, but when I was actually like three, four, five years old on this ship, I was um, speaking light language with the beings on the ship. Like they were, I was, I think, remembering, um, and they were speaking to me telepathically in light language, and so I on this, when I was on the ship, I would speak light language. So so that's when I first learned learned it. But um, I didn't speak it here on Earth until I was 18. Um, it it got activated, and when I first started speaking it, I I couldn't stop speaking it for over an hour. It was just pouring out of my mouth, and so um, that's that was a huge opening for me. And then um, I've been I've been speaking more light language. It's become more of a focus of of um, part of my work um, with people, with speaking light language and and the symbols. And it's you know I speak different different languages from different star being cultures and we we can all speak our soul's light language too everyone has the ability to speak light language and to speak their soul's light language and then there's light language um of star cultures and light language you know I speak it but I also use my hands Light language can come through with dance and singing, uh, you know, writing it down again, with, you know, as as symbols in that. So it's it creates um, wonderful openings for people, and the people I work with, a number of them will share with me the healings that they receive. Like I had a woman who whose neck hurt for many years, and uh, we did a light language session, and in three days the pain was gone. So, so I, you know, things like that can happen. It clears away old patterns, limiting thoughts, and helps people get aligned with who they truly are and um, helps them to move into being more of their authentic self, um, you know, to really come into their purpose in a bigger way and 
to just be aligned overall, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So I really love doing the light language sessions. They're really fun, and I usually play singing balls, and we have a great time, and sometimes I play a synthesizer on a keyboard, and uh, the star beings actually come through and play the frequencies that help to to bring harmony to um, that person and the soul, that person's soul and higher self knows exactly what to do with those frequencies. So it's it's great fun and uh, people really benefit from it and it's it's uh, really an area that's really opening globally. Do you have a, a book that you've written? Um, on light language? Well, just, I mean, do you have a book about your experiences? Um, I'm I'm in the midst of writing that, actually. Okay. Um, I have my two other books out, Animal Communication and um, Star Origins and Wisdom of Animals. And the beings, um, the animals, those who we call animals, are from all kinds of other galaxies and universes. And they came and asked me to write that book. And so they showed me who they really were. And um, in the book they talk about, you know, why why they have manifested as animals on Earth, why they're in partnership with humanity, and, um, you know, just wonderful messages. So, have you ever had the experience of a, having a an animal that dies and then you get another animal, and it's a walk-in from the other one. Have you had that happen? Well, that happens all the time. With the, I've been an animal communicator for over 35 years, and uh, I work with lots of people when their um, animal crosses over. Um, it it actually then it it has it comes back and it may have a it has a spark in that animal that comes back yeah yeah i've certainly so, experienced it with my cats <laughs> yeah been... definitely yeah it's it's um <laughs> yeah definitely so i work with a lot of people who um have you know we have that experience of that happening so it's really wonderful so when you work with animals, what's your favorite animal to work with? Cats, oh. <laughs> horses, what? I I have to say I love them all because I've worked with about every species. I mean, not every species, but I I you know work with cats, dogs, horses, birds. I I've worked with cockroaches. Um, I've been over to Africa a couple times and did a lot of work with the animals over there with gorillas and zebras. And I did work with a chimp at a zoo um, to help that chimp adjust to uh, new living quarters. And so I've I just work I've I've just worked with so many different species, which I really do love them all. I really do. I love bats. <laughs> Um, so, I was wondering the other day why that bats are such a a major theme at Halloween. 
and I don't know where that came from. I'm not sure where that comes from either, to tell you the truth. But um, I, I had a... (laughs) I had a personal experience with a fruit bat when um, a friend and I had to go pick one up from the Pittsburgh Zoo and drive it to the Columbus Zoo. And I um, communicated with the fruit bat the whole way and was feeding him <laughs> fruit while we, while the other person was driving. And um, and. While while we were at the zoo, the person who worked there had really worked with a spat to to you know tame him and that and 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 so I could feel his wings they were just like silk and so I I just fell in love with fruit bats they're just amazing. And, so, uh, do you like to work with people or animals the best, or just <laughs> both the same? <laughs> you know I. Um, I used to work with only animals for years, um, and then I was a psychic and worked with people. But um, my life has opened up in a way where I'm actually working. I work with both now. I mean, whatever shows up, I work with. Um, Animals can be easier to work with because they don't have the ego issues that humans have. I mean, when I'm directly communicating and working with an animal about a, a particular issue where um, humans usually have the the ego or a lot of projections about what they think is going on with the animal, which um, most of the time is not not what is really going on. I have discovered over 35 years of working with this. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> But I enjoy it all, you know. I enjoy it all, and yeah, definitely. And I love doing star origin readings for people where I help them get in touch with who their star family is. That's very rewarding um, because it's helping them get in touch with their star essence of who they really are. Do you find a lot more people have... uh, Similar, like seven strands of DNA, like you have. Have you have you run into others that are are, have been crossbred with several ET races? Um, Not not when I go back to the star origin. The star origin is like when they first put their toe in the water, Um, and so there's usually a particular race they come from because we're going back to the very beginning with that. But in this life, yes, there are others who I talk to who have different mixes of of different races in them. Yeah, I find yeah. that too. I find yeah. that a lot. I find yeah. more Pleiadians now, I think, than probably any other group in Arcturians. Those seem to be the kinds of, of, of starseed that show up for sessions with me. Yeah, I, I'm, I have a lot of people who are mantis show up. You know, my first waking memory being on this planet was in a bassinet at the hospital, and and I was at a position where I could see the window, and there was a, a, a mantis curled up in the window watching me in, oh in my the nursery. Goodness. That's my first wow. memory. Oh my, my very gosh, first what, memory. 
is that. What a beautiful uh, welcome to Earth. Welcome. And then I was it's... mentally um, talking to it, telling it I wanted all those kids to stop crying. I didn't didn't like all the noise that was happening in the room. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I've never been able to handle babies crying ever since. It, it's it's mm. something that's always annoyed me. Huh, interesting. From day yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a program that... put in me saying, oh, you're not going to have any earth children, get over it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I love working with um, all the different star cultures. I mean, I'm, gosh, I've been in contact with well, well, over 80 different over 80, maybe even more um, different species, and um, and ac- actually this week I've I've met two or three others, um, so I'll be talking with them and finding out more about them. So I I think um, you know for me it's great. <laughs> I have a great time communicating, you know, telepathically communicating. Um, with the star beings, telepathy is really easy for me. Always has been, and um, you know, I teach classes on it. And um, what state do you live in? Where do you live? What, what state are you I, in? Are you in California? I live in, I live in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Mhm. Yeah. So, and I have lots of. You know, um, different. Do you have a practice there? Do you have a retreat center? Um, I personally do not have a retreat center, no. And I do a lot of work, my work over the phone, actually. It works beautifully. Yeah, okay. I do it on the phone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I enjoy that. And I do, you know, um, have all these services courses offered. I have an apprenticeship program and I'm really, really excited. I just put together an e chorus. Oh my gosh, on communicating with star beings. So that's gonna be on probably at the end of the week. That that's gosh, I, I did a like an hour and a half video along with a meditation where people communicate with star beings and a PDF and a symbol and I'm very excited um, about that because many people are wanting to learn how to communicate with star beings. I'm I'm asked that question constantly by people, you know, who call me um, for my services. So I'm really excited about some of the things that are opening and that people are really globally awakening that they're cosmic citizens and and that um, they really want to know. You know, they want to know more about this and how to connect with their families. And so I think it's really, really exciting um, what's going on globally. And um, I just kind of see, as a hybrid, I see myself as a bridge. Again, just kind of sharing different perspectives from the human and the star being and um so i think that you know there's there are so many openings that are now happening 
for people and um you know we're moving through so many transitions um that it's a great time for people to really embrace you know their cosmic families um and to be expanding and growing and you know myself as a hybrid and other hybrids um we're helping to slowly integrate the higher frequencies of consciousness so that you know um everyone can be involved in a bigger way and evolve and so i, I just i'm really really excited i i think humanity needs to re- continue to release the fear of star beings <laughs> right and and to accept their cosmic roots and um to to just understand that the truth is we're all one that this is what the star beings always tell me you know the one of their key messages is that you know we're all one and i've been teaching that for over 40 years and that we need to focus on what we have in common and appreciate and appreciate the differences right um right. definitely so, um Jacqueline, I, I see what time it is, and I'd like to share um, you with my co-host, Arielle. And thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and speaking your truth. And I know it's not easy sometimes stepping out and announcing to the world that you're a hybrid, but we have a very awake audience. So everybody that's listening, they they have your back. They have your back, girl. <laughs> yeah. So okay. back to you, Arielle. Okay. Well, Jacqueline, this has just been fascinating, and um, I have a a couple of things that I'd like to ask you myself, but before I do that, I just want to let our audience know that if you have a question for Jacqueline or a comment, if you're already on the switchboard, then all you need to do is press 1 so we know you want to come on the air, and if you're listening on the computer, then just pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1, and um, our producers will get you ready to go. Um, and we actually have a, a caller that's been waiting uh, since before the news. And um, oh. so I hope <laughs> – I'm, I'm glad to see you're still here, Diane. So I'm going to get your mic open here. Just hang on a second. Okay, Diane, you're on the air with Jacqueline. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in there. So go ahead with your question. Oh, my pleasure. Hi, yes, um, when I received, hi, Jacqueline. So nice to meet you. <laughs> you too. I I received the email from Starseed yesterday, and then I immediately went and watched your video. And when you started talking about your ET contact, the rest of that, I was crying. It was so, you were, it was like you were just speaking of these things that I've gone through my whole life as if you were talking about the weather. You know, it, it was just such a, like a release, and, uh, you know, not that I haven't shared my, my lifetime contacts with my family members as well, but um, my uh, I have three children that have all flown the nest in the past couple of years. They're all in their 20s. My youngest is has been aware of his own contacts since his senior year of high school, and um, I had kept journals like probably every other caller on the line, for years of when I was being contacted, which was um, also related to when I was pregnant and had my children. I had three within five years. 
Mm-hmm. Um, also, also aware of hybrids, and just um, it just feels like now I just want to know my work. It's like I have. It's just um, what is the next step? Because it didn't happen for nothing, and now I see my son going through it, and I'm sure I have grandchildren now that that they need to know what grandma went through, and this is a reason. There's a reason for it. It's important. So I'm not quite sure what the work is to do, but how how amazing is this that when I listened to your video last night, this morning I woke up and went back to sleep and had this dream that I was in my downstairs bathroom. This energy came, the light flashed, and there was a mantis sitting on my sink. And I <laughs> and I... And I had no fear, and I was just amazed that after all these years of not having contact that I can remember, I, I said, can I just touch you to know that you're real? And he said, sure, and I touched him, and I cried because I was so happy it was real. Oh. And you just kept mentioning, and you just oh, keep mentioning beautiful. tonight how you are attracted to pe- people are attracted to you that are mantis people, and here I had this yeah. dream this morning. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful, and what what an amazing gift you know, um, to have that, that you could reach out and touch, touch the being. And, and, um, I just, I just feel like, yes, you have lots of connections with the mantis. I was also shown and told in a scene, blue Arcturian. So I know there's, there's Mm -hmm. shades of things and there's blendings, but those seem to be the two, Arcturian and, and Mantis, and I'm not, you know, not quite sure who to work with or all of the above, but just... Well, you, you can work with, ha- with all, all of them. Yeah, you can work with all of them because you're connected to them, so... Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, is holding off on writing a book all these years because I didn't want to write just another... Uh, there's another abduction book, which I don't call them abductions personally, but... It had to mean something, not just writing what my visits. There has to be a meaning that I'm writing the visits. You know what I'm saying? Well, I yes, and I, I think, you know, everyone, there are a lot of people who are writing about their experiences, but each person yeah. has their own unique way of how they talk about it, which will reach, um, you know, each person reaches different people, you know, a different group of True. people. So, True. so I'm getting feeling that um, if you decide to write a book, that it, I think a lot of, I'm getting a lot of people would love to read your book. That's what I'm getting. I'm hearing now. Oh my gosh, so, that would be so beautiful because this yeah. has to help people. It's deep or nothing. Yeah, so I I I would encourage you definitely to to go ahead um put that book together. I'm hearing that from your guidance team and um and everybody else is nodding, the mantis is nodding, the actor. No. <laughs> I'm seeing a number I love of it. I'm seeing a number of beings around you right now. So so yeah, there it's like you have the support there, so they're like saying go for it. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. And can I ask you, um, I called Barnes & Noble tonight to see about ordering your two books that were actually um, from, what was his name, the author that seemed to use your stories. 
um, beings of light and being a being, being with the beings. Oh, Miguel Mendonca. Yes. Um, and Barbara Lamb. They she wrote. Said- yeah. So I think they're. Um, I think they're available at Amazon or Create Space with Amazon. Um, you, so you might want to uh, check that out there. Okay, yeah, or because you, Barnes & Noble, the woman did say that they were print-on-demand, so I'm, I'm not right. sure if that's how Amazon works also. I, I, I think um, I'm not sure. I do know, yeah, I'm, it was really exciting. Meet the Hybrids actually was a bestseller at Amazon. So, um, yeah, so I think you can, if you, you can get through Amazon. If not, you could um, email me or email Miguel, and we'll, we'll get you connected somehow. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, okay, terrific. Thank you so much. It was so great to speak to you. I knew I had to speak to you today. There was I didn't care how long I was on hold. Aww. <laughs> well, I, it's, thank you. It's great speaking with you too, and um, I so appreciate hearing your story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing yours. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye, okay, Diane. Thanks bye. so much for calling in. Bye bye. Oh, thank you. Bye. So um, you do have um, two books, Star Origins and Wisdom of, uh, and, uh, and Wisdom of Animals. That's one book, and Animal Communication is the other. Um, when I was uh, looking on your website, I see that you have CDs for for light language, for um, Star Origins. You've got all kinds of uh, CDs, uh, meditations, videos. Uh, your yeah. your um, e-course on communications with star beings. Uh, so a lot of this, and you said you also have a a free light language activation on your site. Right. There's a couple of them um, of um, the yes of them at my website, and then there's a couple for purchase that people can download them. I have a number of MP3s that people can download and listen to, which will really support them and activate them um, in in really wonderful ways. So so I'm excited about continuing to expand and work more with that. Well, that's just wonderful. There's so many resources on your website that can help people and um particularly um, about the light language. Would you like to share some of that with our audience? Sure, sure. Let me see who wants to come through here. Shoke iliki anga doete nako elakia shina na huwete ina maha doelakia kaara Se ina kwata mahalo ki shiki ila dogiana ka mo mo kiaka laki inika graki tehana koheina koete inana koe shiki inakaya anda ina to era kayana koala o e o ana ki kia ona o e oma 
Tiki Ana O Inai. What a what a beautiful cadence. You know, and you don't really have to understand. You don't have to understand the words to get the uh, to get the essence. Right, that's the beauty of light language. Is it's from the heart. It's from the soul. And this actually came through. Um, this this was um, a blessing from the Pleiadians for everyone listening to the show. You know, I had I had that feeling of recognition because we have had <laughs> one other guest that that spoke Pleiadian, and mm-hmm. as soon as you started talking, it's like wow, that's got the same. <laughs> feeling the same energy as that lady who was speaking Pleiadian and and that's I just <laughs> briefly crossed my mind <laughs> like so yeah you really don't have to understand the, you know the the translation of the words because the energy and the cadence um the the sound of the language um it came through strong and clear yeah wow. that's that's the beauty of all this is you know gosh just it, we don't if we look at all the different languages globally, if if I speak light language, it doesn't matter if I'm speaking to someone in China or Japan or Africa, they they will get the essence of what is coming through. And and what have in your experience, what does this light language do for people? I mean, how, what is the result? Well, um, as I mentioned earlier, it's it, I've had people who have had healings spontaneously after we do a light language session. Um, the woman who's had problems with her neck for years and years, we did a light language session and it, she was fine within three days. Um, I've had other people talk to me about about healings, emotional healings. I worked with a man who who couldn't express himself or cry, and he started crying with me on the phone after the session. Um, so there's lots of beautiful openings. It um, again aligns us with our authentic self. It aligns us in every way it helps us release old emotions, old patterns and helps us remember who we really are to be our, our our authentic self. But there's lots of benefits. People just that I work with just tell me how much they love the light language and um what it does for them. It's it's just really amazing. Well, language, frequency, sound, frequency, I mean, there's healing frequencies that can come through through sound, through words, through voice. Um, so it, it's right. a, a, kind of kind of a, a, a very potent uh, delivery. Cor- correct, yeah, definitely. yeah, it's very it's very focused. Um, and it comes through in a very clear, direct way. You know, when, when we speak in English, when we speak all these words, the energy kind of 
gets diffused or it it's it's just different it's not as focused or or clear so when this comes through it's it's um it's very direct it's a very direct connection because it connects with the heart it connects with the soul and um it bypasses the mind ego I was is, just going to say that. Which is really helpful. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You've got to you've got to bypass the ego 3D logical, um, you know, brain. Yes. To to yes. get into you know the the truth because the, that's that's just like right. a, a an illusion of what you think. What you really Correct. feel is is a different thing. Correct. So this is right. just wonderful. Yep. Yeah, and so I speak a lot of, oh gosh, just uh, you know, I they just come and I just am kind of the conduit here to bring that through, and um, I I just so appreciate and I'm honored to be able to you know do this with people, and and by the way, um, I I can do this with animals too for healing with animals, so. So it, it, there's a lot of benefits to it, and the animals really take it in and get it because, you know, they don't have the mind-ego structure, and so it's even, um, you know, they just they just know what to do with it. You know, their their system knows what to do because this really does. I mean, it helps shift DNA. It it helps us release old limiting thoughts and patterns so that we can, you know, continue to evolve in our consciousness. So the light languages, um, I, it's just, um, I, I think many, many people are going to be speaking light language in the upcoming days. Well, we've already seen it um, in our own personal community. Um, but when you, when someone comes to you for a session and and you um, bring out the light language, is it different for every person? It's like you know, you never yeah. know what I never know <laughs> what's going to you know it's, who's going to show up and who's going to be uh, which language you know will be used. It's just a a, a, a spontaneous thing right yes uh, totally spontaneous whoever comes through sometimes they give translations sometimes they don't um and so it's just whatever is appropriate for each person you know whatever's appropriate and um you know with with people they they often do come through with with um I, I would say key uh, key words in the English language to talk about what 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 they have just expressed or the healing work they're doing on the person. Because um, a lot of people will feel them working on their body, feel them touching their body. Um, so it's you know usually I have four or five come through different ones in one session with with people with each person. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, um 
we're just about ready to wrap it up here, but would you um, kind of sum it up and what the key message is from the star beings? Sure, I would love to. There, the key messages, and this is from many races, and I, I connect. I always ask to connect with the most highly evolved beings who serve divine love. Um, and their key message uh, that I've taught for many years is we're all one, we're all connected, and to live from the heart, uh, to treat earth and all living forms with respect and honor, um, to understand that we're all equal, and even though um, star beings, number of star beings are more highly evolved, it doesn't make them better than us because some people kind of worship them or think they're, you know, better. And that's my star family, uh, Quabar consciousness came through and said, we're all, we're all equal. Nobody's better than anybody. We're all just, we are all expressions of the one. And they refer um you know, what some people would refer to as God or Creator, they, they just call one the one. Um, so they, for them, there's no such thing as worshiping a God. Um, so so those are the key messages that, that they like to share. And I did want to just quickly add, too, that the ones, uh, most of them that I have communicated with do have a great sense of humor and can be very funny, and when they come through in light language, sometimes I'm laughing while I'm speaking the light language um, <laughs> be- because that's their vibration. You know, that's that's their energy. So. Wow. Well, we are so pleased that you um, persisted. Uh, because we have uh, we've been hearing about you for a while and been trying to hook up, so I'm I'm very glad that we finally got this together, and it has just been a pleasure having you on the show. And one more time, I want to remind everyone the website to go to is JacquelineSmith.com, and Jacqueline is spelled J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N Smith.com. Check out the CDs, all of the services, um, the book Star Origins and Wisdom of Animals. Uh, There's a lot to that site, so enjoy, dig in. And Jacqueline, thank you so much for being with us this evening. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I I just, this was really fun. I love to share. (laughs) And so thank you for having me on this evening. I appreciate it. It's our pleasure. And, of course, when your new book is ready, just let us know, and and you can do like Anne and just stop by for five minutes and and tell us what you're up to. uh, Oh, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. So, yes, you are welcome to do that as well. Okay, thanks so much. Okay, well, with that, uh, remember, we'll be be gone for the next two Tuesdays. Um, We'll be back on November 27th. We're going to have a great time in Arkansas. So until then, take care of yourselves. And uh, remember, Mercury is going to go retrograde, uh, I think, on the 17th. And uh, in the meantime, 
find gratitude in every day and show compassion in every way. Until we meet again, good night, everyone. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.